Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's installment of 48 Minutes. Uh, we have a really great guest for this week's show. I am Tim Daniels, always with Sean Mackey. Joining us is former NBA power forward and, obviously, most importantly, former Xavier Musketeer, Brian Grant. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Um, I'm dragging butt right now. I'm in South Florida with my son, training with our old trainer, Dad Romero. So, just getting beat down. <laughs> good beat down. The good beat down, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, this is, like we said, this is 48 Minutes. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Teacher, or Google Play. So, if you're checking us out for the first time with Brian being on the show, uh, we do have a show every week here. So, we're going to get started. Sean, if you want to go ahead and take it away with a couple questions, by all means. Brian, uh, you played for uh, two of the uh, the most important Portland Trailblazers uh, squads in, in recent memory. Um, you guys made it to the Western Conference Finals. Back in uh, 98, 99, and 99, 2000. What was it like playing for those teams? Uh, you guys had such a cool squad that was put together. Uh, how do you remember that squad in, in, compared to, to recent uh, Portland Trailblazers teams? Very unique. You know, it was a very unique makeup of individuals who were all stars on other teams that came in, and then you had guys that were already doing it, like Rashid and Sabonis in Portland and myself, um, you know, you know, you got a loaded team when Jermaine O'Neal can't even get a minute. So, and he left and became an all-star. So it, it, it was uh, just a very unique makeup of individuals and, and uh, personalities. You push the, you push the, uh, the Lakers to seven games in one of those series. Uh, I mean, one of the probably most important teams of the two thousands, um, what what do you feel like you could you could have done differently during those to to get over the hump because you guys were so so close to to beating out that team with Shaq and Kobe and all them. I think after we were down three one and and brought it back to three three, we had we were a little overconfident. I think even though it was a road game, we just felt like man, we, you know, we smacked them these past two games. We can smack them again. And we were. We were doing that for four quarters all the way down to the five, five-and-a-half-minute mark. And then we just went cold. They couldn't miss. And, you know, the stars aligned for them. They passed us up in the last few seconds and won. There's really nothing more you can say about it. Yeah, I mean, it was that was a that was a classic series. Uh, I remember actually watching that when it happened. And uh, I was rooting for you guys because back then I was, I was very anti-Shack. So I was I was rooting hard for you dudes, but uh, you know it was kind of it it didn't end the way that I wanted it to back then. Um, so in uh, year two thousand, you end up going to the Miami Heat. You sign this huge deal with them, and as soon as you sign the deal, uh, Alonzo Mourning goes out, and you get thrown in the starting lineup as uh, as the center. Uh, what do you remember most about those Miami Heat teams? I mean, you're considered to be kind of a, a Miami Heat uh, great. You're even on. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. 
you're even on the all-time Miami Heat uh, 2K team. What was it like playing for uh, for Miami back then? Uh, it was uh, it was an experience because you got to realize I was coming from Portland where there were like 15 guys who were starters. There was you know it was always not tension, but there was tension. You had to always be on your game because somebody would take it from you if you didn't. You weren't. And then, you you know, you had Coach Dunleavy trying to keep things together. You know, every once in a while, he, he almost had to throw down with catch. You know, it was just <laughs> that kind of team. And then you go to Miami, and there's one one man, one law, and that's Pat Riley. And just on my visit there, you know, I was just like, hold on one second. There we go. You know, I was just like, wow, you know, structure. Their structure. My job is to do this. Okay, I can do that. And I don't have to worry about all that other mess. Great. And then Zoe goes out. And then it was uh, one of those things where I think we our training camp was hard, was going to be hard. But when he went out, I think Bradley got that extra 20% out of us too. You know, it was just unlike anything I'd ever been a part of. Even in college, I thought college was, was hell. But that it was – I learned how to work, and I learned how to push myself beyond what I thought I could do. So talking about your time in Miami, Brian, um, you obviously you're there for about you have a, a year or two with Dwayne Wade. He comes in, he's drafted part of that amazing 03 draft class. How soon did you know Wade was special? Well, I knew he was special when you know he came in for uh, pickup games and stuff. And he kept taking the ball and going to the hole and shooting. And I finally had to tell him, hey, man, pass the ball. And he looked at me and goes, coach told me if I'm, coach told me if I'm open, shoot it. I'm open. And I was like, you open because you're dribbling through everybody. But, no, he just had he had a confidence about him as a rookie that you don't see in a lot of guys that aren't going to be great. I mean, you know, you see that in certain individuals and you can say, oh, he's going to be great. He had that. So you obviously played for two very respectful, very great franchises, two of the most famous and well-known in the NBA currently. Uh, we, you know, John Miami, you go to L.A., obviously, in the Shaq trade. Uh, comparing those two franchises, obviously, the, you know, being on both sides of the country, you know, what, what would you say was like, you know, comparing your time in Miami to L.A. as far as like how a franchise is run, how a franchise is organized? No comparison. Miami was organized. They were first class. You know, when you were injured, you you would go to the top-notch, you know, trainer or, or physician, things like that. It wasn't like I, – I was, that was one of the disappointing things about L.A. for me is that here we are, you know, Magic Johnson, all these, you know, the championships and the, the Lakers and this, and it just seemed to be generic when you got up in there like, man, hold on, I'm hurt. Can I go see this guy? Well, if you go see him – you know, he might mess it up, that kind of stuff. And that's not the same thing bad about anybody in that organization. Gary Vitti is who I'm talking about. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm just saying it, it was different than what I was used to from any other team, you know. Yeah. So that's about all I got to say about that. <laughs> so, like I said, being in the show. Is, is pretty big. I don't need everybody hating <laughs> God, you're not kidding, especially with the offseason they're having, they're like, every they're rumored to have right now. Um, so, like I said, being in the show, you know, you're a former Xavier Musketeer. I am a diehard Xavier Musketeer fan, so of course I got to ask you some stuff about your time there. Um, obviously, you know, playing for the great Pete Gillen, you guys did amazing things. You guys really, you know, won a ton of games. 
Um, you had a very good run against the University of Cincinnati, you know, that school in Clifton that we like to see you guys beat a, a lot. So what do you still do you still make it to Xavier at all? Are you ever still in town to, to catch some games or anything on campus? I was out of touch for like the first eight years after I went into the in the league over some some things that just upset me. But uh, when I went back, it was just like, wow, what is it? Where am I at? This is this is Xavier. You know, I'm used to Ledgewood cars going up and down Ledgewood. And now it's a it's a walkway. It's a it's a it's a mall. Yeah. Um, for people to hang out in, you know, it's it's a bona fide Division One school now. I mean. Centos is probably the best college arena. It's better than a lot of uh, just city arenas, just regular arenas. And you know, it's, there's been a tradition of winning. We, I think, made it to almost, you know, almost got there a few times under Chris Mack. And sorry, he had to go, but you know, hey, that, that that's the that's the game. That's that's how it goes. But um, yeah, no, I enjoyed my time. I, I'm actually glad that I went to Xavier when I went to Xavier because. If I don't went to Xavier, coming from a small town, and it was as big as it is now, you know, I, that, I'd have been a, ner- uh, a nervous wreck, man. So you mentioned Chris Mack, who was your college teammate uh, there for a little bit. Um, yeah. What do you remember about Chris on, on the court? I know uh, he, has a, he has a reputation around here in the area with the media for being a very secretly very good pickup game player. Well, I'll tell you what uh, – I, we didn't like Chris when we first met him, like playing against him in Evansville. He was one of them. He was like that slim, shady basketball player. You know, you go out there and you're trying to throw the ball in, and if your back was turned to him, he bounce it off your head or some something like you know something stupid <laughs> that made you want to kick his ass. But then when he came to when he came back home to play here, you know, in pickup games, we're like, all right, cool. You know, we might have a chance to you know go a little further this year. And then he blew his knee out. And then the next year he blew it out again, and he never really got a chance to play when he was there. Yeah, which has always been a shame. I know. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do at Louisville. I think he's going to bring some things there. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your NBA career. I know we don't have a whole lot of time with you here. Um, you played, like we mentioned, Wade. You played with Kobe Bryant. You played with Rasheed. You played with Scottie Pippen. Um, it was. I mean, compared to those guys, you know. Who are some of your favorite teammates you had in your NBA career? Do any of those guys stack in there? Did you enjoy your time playing with a lot of those guys? I did. You know, I I, I basically got along with everybody, but I could say the Seed and uh, Damon Stoudemire were two of my favorite people in uh, Portland. I liked I, I liked everybody, but I, I seemed to hang around them a little bit more than anybody else. Uh, you know, made a lot of acquaintances uh, when you're playing with somebody and you're you know, having an NBA season where you're together for 82 games, you know, road trips, home, birthdays, everything else. After a while, you kind of get sick of each other a little bit. So you just want to retreat to your family and friends and things like that. So it makes it hard to kind of, you know, when we see each other at all-star games or we see each other at events, if guys are having charity events, you know, it's all love. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, remember when we used to do it? Yeah. But I think I've only – Going out of the league, I can really name one or two guys that I'm really, really tight with still. One is Pat Burke, and people may not know who he is. He played for Orlando. He was on that team that beat Buster Buster almost 50, and I think, uh, what's his name, Trace McGrady had 50-some points on us. And, um, you know, he and I are really good friends, and also Jimmy Jackson. 
Yeah, we saw Jimmy this summer, actually. We worked a big three event in Lexington, so he walked by us one time when he was doing commentary for that. Yeah, no, Jimmy's a good dude. Yeah. Good guy. Doing well in commentating. <laughs> so, do you have any good sheet stories you're allowed to tell us? Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, stories, stories that I have are the stories that everybody else knows, you know. It's just like, I've... I've never seen somebody go off over a referee calling a foul and just like to the point where he's just ready to just jump out of his skin and go grab somebody and throw him through the window. <laughs> Damn, cheater! <laughs> he got so mad one time. He was looking at the guy and his face was just like, and you're like, oh, is he going to say MF or something like that? He goes, Goddamn, cheater! And I just started laughing. I, I had to laugh at that one. Like, damn, come on, Sheed. You can say, be, you know, be a little tougher than that, would it? <laughs> That's awesome. So we do have to transition. Um, part of the reason we have you on, you know, obviously was we want to talk about the Brian Grant Foundation, obviously the work you're doing for Parkinson's research and everything there. So tell us a little bit about that, What you know, your approach, how it all got started, obviously, with the, with the, with uh, getting involved with everything and how, how, you, got, how you got that pre- uh, plan going for yourself. Well, first of all, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2008. And then, you know, being being diagnosed and looking for materials or, or notes or whatever I could find to figure out what I could do ne- next was a scary thing doing it online. And at the time, you know, I couldn't really find a, a definitive website where I could figure out what kind of exercise, how I could be proactive about my disease. So, you know, I put the foundation together to help young onset Parkinson's patients like myself be able to be proactive about the disease. Because to tell the truth, I know that they're probably never going to find a cure in my lifetime. I think they will at some point, but not in my lifetime. So what do I do now to be the best father and the best, you know, boyfriend, husband, whatever that I can be. And that is, you know, nutritionally it's proven that if you maintain a certain diet then it's better for your parkinson's it slows the progression down as well as exercise so we created you know wellness retreats we've created cooking classes uh we've created boot camps and now we we just launched our uh train the trainers for boot camp so that anybody who wants to to work a person out that has parkinson's they can come to our boot camp for a day Gets, and then there's Parkinson certified, meaning that like my MMA coach, he knows everything about MMA, but now he knows more about what's good for me and what's not good for me as a Parkinson's patient trying to do MMA, if that makes any sense. Sure. So, you know, you talk about it, obviously, and like you said, it's a disease that if you learn a lot about, you read into it. Obviously, there are names attached to it, like Muhammad Ali and Michael J. Fox. And, you know, the, yeah. the research you guys have done, the, you know, the, the awareness you've done has always been amazing. So I can only imagine, you know, are you doing – so you're doing a lot of speaking for uh, foundations and everything too with that, right? Like you're kind of going the country a little bit around? Yeah, I have a speaking business called Brian Grant Speaks. Look it up at BrianGrantSpeaks.com. Uh, I tell you what, I've never been much of a public speaker. I'm starting to get a lot better at it. But, you know, your nerves, if you have Parkinson's, you know what I'm talking about. You know, anytime you get any kind of, uh, what am I saying, an emotional response or, something, you know, something's bothering you, something's not about you feeling loved, you're excited, whatever, things like that, it always affects your tremor, mine at least. 
and almost everybody I know. And so, therefore, if you're nervous and you're going on stage to talk, my mouth dries out like the Mojave Desert. You know, sometimes I'll do one of those, and <laughs> you know, where too much wind comes out. But it's starting to get better. And uh, I like going out there, and I like telling my story because after I'm done, I get to meet a lot of people who are suffering from the same ailments, uh, same symptoms that I'm suffering from. And everyone's so different, man. We can all toss up what we're taking and then look at each other and go, well, damn, that didn't really help me because I can't take that. That that makes me too hype or this puts me to sleep or those types of things. But just good to get out there and let them know that, shoot, it's not a destined. We get a chance to be around. But if we really want to be around for a longer period of time, then we have to be proactive about our health, and that's through nutrition and exercise. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome that you do that, and I know a lot of people definitely really appreciate that. So, Brian, with that being said, I know we weren't, we like I said, we didn't have a whole lot of time, but we do want to say, first off, thank you for coming on and sharing not only some basketball stories and stuff like that, but your basketball, but, you know, the Parkinson's awareness, Brian Grant's breaks and everything like that. Uh, before we let you go, uh, we would like to give you the floor here. So, if you want to shout out any social media, your website, anywhere people can follow and see along with what you're doing, by all means, take the chance. Yeah, you can uh, you can watch you can look into what we're doing by going to braingrant.org, and if you are looking for a speaker, an inspirational speaker, you can go to braingrantspeaks.com. And I just want to say one last thing: go XU. XAV. XU. XU. Ah, yeah. Because I know did you do the XAVIER chant? Were you around for that? Was that a big thing then? No, no, no. Oh, that's the big thing on campus now. Yeah, but. Oh, is it? Yeah. (laughs) I graduated in 94. I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, if you ever are back in town, so Tom was nice enough to give me some media credentials this year. So if you ever are around, please let me know. I'd love to catch up with you at a game sometime. No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Brian, you have a good one, man. Thanks, Brian. You too.